It's called a promo, Shut kid. Your and mouth, if you want to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it. So go Are ahead. You ready? No, I said. Are you ready? That was good. Glad you finally decided to pull that giant stick out of your butt and have some fun for once in your life. You're uneducated, marks. You sit there on your phones, tweeting out your opinions like they're worth the damn. Let me explain something to you people. You don't know shit. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's death. Part two. I could segue in or we could just jump right in. I exist. <laughs> As part two of the Beyond the Mat DVD. We started watching it last week and we started finding out some dirty little secrets from the All-American Rejects. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. <laughs> but also from a dude named Roland and some, some weird guy named Vincent I, Kennedy McMahon. I kept forgetting the Crooked Trainer's name. Fucking, and Vinnie Mac. Good old Vinnie Mac. And then R- Ronaldo. Ronaldo, let's go. Alright, part two of the what I think to be a part three series. When I look at the time, the runtime is an hour and forty eight minutes. Yeah, back then they used to tell you the runtime. Wow. Imagine yeah. being that convenient. <laughs> so this should be part two of three part series, but I'm nervous to hear what Ronaldo has to say. I think actually we're picking back up where we left off. Uh Mick Foley is backstage talking Tony. to one of the Tony. Tony. I'm very Young upstart named Tony. <laughs> Not Tony Storm. Probably you know, the most nerve-wracking couple minutes of your life. Yeah, yeah, it was. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Roland and the boys left that night. Roland and the boys. Excited. Their expectations high that they would soon hear from the WWF. Oh no, the well, beef Tony jerky boys. Beginning their career. A wrestling oh. Terry was nearing the end of his. Terry Funk. Which would be one years later. Yeah. A lot of guys acted crazy, but Terry made you believe it might be true. At age 53, Terry was still going strong. Still going strong. Ten years later, he was. So I went to Texas to meet Terry. Yeah, ten years later, he still would have been going strong. I went to his hometown of Amarillo. Four hours away from where we are. I was excited. I'd never met a legend before. Chad, time to get out there. As always, my dream was to meet this legend of a man that lives four hours away from me. Never had the opportunity, sadly. I love that man. We can see this man in his tidy whities Let's go. He is a Authentic ass cowboy, man. Gets up, just slides into some fucking long johns. Puts someone through a flaming table. With a message for women. Your high country Chevy dealers are so caring. They love nothing more than to shine a happy faces during summer closeout. Summer closeout, let's go. Said a message for women and then went directly to a Terry Funk car commercial. Let's go. <laughs> Is he saying women need cars? I guess so. Oh, 
forever. I love Terry Funk so much, man. For like the next 20 minutes, I guess I'm just gonna say I love Terry Funk over and over, because that's all I can Let's say. Go. You think so quick? He really is being serious about it lately. He's really. No, he was not. And Brandy, don't you think? Terry Funk's daughters saying he should be really serious about retiring this time. It seems like he's serious. I th- no, he was not. He might be. He might be serious. I think he was serious every time, and he was just as serious coming back every time. <laughs> every time he was like, man, fuck him, I'm going to quit. Man, fuck him, I'm going to fight again. Yeah, I think for once in his lifetime, I think he may be as serious. <laughs> I, I mean, he really has started just talking about it a lot before he never talked about it. I think he knows we're serious now, too, that we're really worried about him as far as his health and physically and all that, you know. He should not be wrestling at all for ten, probably about, I'd say, the last five to ten years, wouldn't you say, sweetheart? And he would disagree. He would disagree. We got Wedding Terry Funk in the building. Wedding Funk. <laughs> wedding Funk. <laughs> well, found the episode name. Let's go. <laughs> Tracy and Kelly have those joys and cherish them and always be joyful. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen, amen Terry. Puts them through a barbed wire table. <laughs> Flaming barbed wire two by four two face. How can a man be so tender outside the ring and so brutal in it? I blame society. It's fun. It's fun. Terry Fun Funk. It's fun. I guess you know what it is once I've for 32 years. Mm-hmm. And I said, Boy, that's a long career, you know. Japan Maybe loves him. Japan worships him. That's a lot of streamers. Japan oh, worships Terry Funk. That's fair, though. I can see why. Moderate to severe degenerative arthritis. No, he's you don't have a good joint space in here. You have some narrowing of the space, arthritis, arthritic spicule. You see this motherfucker's knees? He's fine. He's fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there, the joke on me. He's not fine. To get by the rest of your life just hurting all the time. Alright. On your bad knee or the right knee, you have no joint space. You have severe degenerative arthritis. You have worn that knee out. It's been hurt too many times. And you are going to need a new knee. You Damn. need a new knee now. Let me ask you one thing. If, yeah. if I don't have an operation or if I don't have a new knee put in there, can I go ahead and, and live comfortably? Can I get around comfortably? You shouldn't be able to get around comfortably now. This ought to give you pain chronically. It ought to be disabling to you. And that is a problem. There's not a whole lot we can do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Doctor literally looked at him and said, You should be disabled. Yeah. He's like, well, if I don't get a new knee, can I just walk around and, and be fine? No, actually, you shouldn't be walking at all right now. And uh, this, this, the way he's looking at him, like, oh, okay. Terry Funk in a fucking nutshell. For the next 30 or 40 years, in a real fun thing to think about. Terry wasn't happy with his doctor's prognosis. You think? He told me he wasn't about to retire. In fact, he had agreed to fight in Philadelphia with ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. 
Oh, he's so dead. He's so dead. Neither his doctor nor his family were thrilled about Terry's bout in Philadelphia. But Terry kept his promise. Show starts at. It ain't no dark match. There's no dark match what he's about to go to. He would. I just no, don't he's think fine. he's afraid of anything. Okay, don't forget the Brandon Aaron is in the trunk, right? Yeah, I love you. I wanted him to stop wrestling since probably 1990. I've decided that it's his profession and it's up to him when he's going to quit. My body, my choice. Basically, yeah. Uh, okay, how are you guys doing? You should have just sleep last night, too. Oh, I did. <laughs> Hugging up on security. Yo, fucking bingo, bingo hall crowd. Wow. It's a top. It's a top. Okay. Damn. Audio alert, fucking Joey Styles just came in ripping one. Oh my gosh, that blew my eardrums out. I'm sure it blew the listeners' eardrums out, but it already happened, so let's keep going. It's produced out of this peaceful house in a New York suburb. That right there is the house ECW was produced out of. Wow. The fucking TV went out. That's funny. ECW is run like a commune. Its spiritual leader and owner, Paul Heyman. Paul fucking Heyman, man. Promos are done downstairs while mom irons. Here's a simple philosophy. Everybody wants the other guy to get better so that they have someone else to work with. Did I, did I really just witness Joey Styles cutting a promo for the pay-per-view while Paul Heyman's mom was ironing a towel? I think so. That's amazing. You're getting some real cool backstage, back behind-the-scenes ECW information right now. And that's what I was going to say earlier, is this match Terry Funk is going to is actually a pivotal moment in ECW history. So the fact that they're like, no, you probably shouldn't go. He went, and it was a big deal. ...on the wrestling, where old wrestlers go to be reborn, and young wrestlers go to be discovered. The best part of my job is watching people who never knew that they could, who never dreamt that they could. Balls, Mahoney, let's go. Balls. ...but didn't really believe it. And uh, they start to believe Taz. it's better than anything in the world that you can have because it's, it, it's like watching your children make it, you know? It's, it, it's just, it's there. Let us in! Let us in! Let us in! Paul Henry was a fucking mad genius. This wasn't an ordinary yeah. show for Paul and Terry. It was ECW's first pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. If it didn't succeed, neither would ECW. Imagine if Terry Funk had listened to the doctor and been like, well, I guess I won't go. I, I guess so, yeah. He would have like, well, I guess I won't go then. Well, he did, and history. True. History. Hopefully, 
with a privilege to see you guys do what you have done Todd Gordon's ugly ass. Thank Terry Funk for all he's done for this company. Thank you, Terry Funk. For help putting us on the map. Thank you, Trish. For oh, being unselfish <laughs> and selfish time. For taking the young guys and showing them a better way. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme. Too extreme. We're too wild. Too wild. We're too out of control. Too out of control. We're too full of our own shit. We're too cool. But we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, fuck you're, you're wrong. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. We're dancing. Put on your dancing shoes because we're going to the ball. Balls. D table shots. <laughs> Let's go. Team Taz, everybody. Team Taz. Terry Funk doing man push-ups. I don't know how I feel about Paul Heyman the way he was touching that woman. He, he pet her hair very weirdly. Yes. No, he's fine. Just he's fine. He's in control, but it's pretty scary. Oh my oh gosh. God. Concussion protocol. That man just took a steel trash can. Go home in 30 seconds. Oh my gosh, he's doing a moonsault off the ladder. We completely missed. Dude. Man, they literally had timed everything on this down to the last second that they could be on air. One, two, three. Beautiful fucking moment. You might have cried if you're a real man. If you're a real tough guy, you might have cried when Terry Funk won the ECW world title. That's fair. They went off the air right then. Right then. Is anyone else crying? Is anyone else Who's shedding tears? Amen. Oh, poor guy. Who on the back? He's dying. Yeah, literally. A lot of blood coming up and down the stairs of my body. <laughs> Paul Heyman lost his voice. I, if the crew liked it, I liked it. How'd it go? I'm just happy it's over. I don't know. 
I'm proud of my guys. I'm proud of my guys, Paul. I'm proud of Terry Funk. <laughs> Downs a beer. I was about to say the name of the beer, but I didn't. Motherfucker. Yeah, I would have to edit that out like I did last week. Motherfucker literally is coughing up blood and he's chasing it back down with beer. Unnamed beer. I almost said it too just then. <laughs> he literally just chasing it with beer. Amen. Amen. Oh. He burned me, mommy. He burned me bad. And then he piled drove your little boy on a flaming branding iron. Oh. I could never get over the fact that guys could beat the crap out of each other in the ring. And be friendly outside of it. Some of Terry's most famous matches were against a man 20 years his junior. Mick Foley. Over the years, Mick and Terry had traveled Cactus the world. Jack. Sending each other Let's on fire. Oh Tossing each other into barbed wire. They did do that. Get outside the ring. They were truly at peace with one another. You know what? What's so stupid about it is that <laughs> the worse you hurt each other, the the better, the more money you make, and the more money you make, the better friends you are. <laughs> Amen. Wow. That's, that's really what's really stupid about it time. is I love this guy because I beat him up all the time, and I make a lot of money for doing so. He even has his own ravioli commercial. Let's go. It's the perfect ravioli for all mankind. It's funny because, and I have that in a, or had that in a WWF magazine on my store that I sold. Uh, but yeah, I had the McFoley Chef Boyardee's ads. I forgot that that was a partnership they did. That was a thing that did indeed happen. Known for battering and brutalizing his body to unprecedented heights. Mick's behavior could be explained if he were crazy. But of any wrestler I ever met, Mick was the most normal. Mm -hmm. And in a strange way, the one I had the most in common with. The, the most normal? Define well, normal. That's what I was about to say. Mick grew up in a small Long Island town about 20 miles from where I did. Okay. Like me, he loved wrestling and making movies. I know. Oh! 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 Boom! That's a leg drop, my man. When I caught up with Mick, he was with his kids, visiting his father. Can I wrestle with the kids downstairs? What? Can I wrestle <laughs> with the kids downstairs? Amen. For what? For what? It's for the camera. Yeah. They're not taping it now, are they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Doesn't matter if our basement's messed up, really. How? No, there's no way. No way. There's no way. If you can't get into the garage, you can't get into my office, no way. No. I won't do it if you don't want to. This is not a camera, I don't. <laughs> this is so uh, random. It's funny. Honest, uh, sincere person talking. I'm not talking to his father now. I'm just talking as a, as I see him as a person. Uh -huh, sure. And uh, really, what you see is what you get. He's always been very, very uh, polite. He's been like that since uh, grade school. I want to be referred to as the world's most polite wrestler. <laughs> the world's most polite wrestler. <laughs> You know how most kids have no idea what they want to Man. do when you're, you know, 8th grade or 14 years old. Have you ever watched Holy Foley? No. Well, have you at least seen Mick Foley's kids now? No. All of his kids? Oh, wow. So then this wouldn't be as significant to you. Because that's uh, Noelle, his daughter, which uh, she was 
one of the main stars of Holy Foley. It yeah. was about her pursuit to get into wrestling, which really didn't pan out. Uh, she just wanted to be a model. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember her, yeah. Yeah, and then Dewey, his oldest son, who actually is a writer at WWE now. Wow. Uh, what you see on that show, he gets that job. It's crazy seeing them as little, small children, and then his two youngest kids weren't even born yet. I think my favorite part is that you see this wholesome, wholesome part of McFoley. And then he just gives them a fucking barbed wire bat to the face. Like, hey, come here, Noel. Does he? No. I was about to say, hold on, wait a minute. Spoiler alert. Danny Zuckerberg. Yes. That's Danny Zucker, his childhood <laughs> friend. <laughs> he feels terribly, terribly bad if he doesn't put his body on the line in some serious fashion, at least. Ow. 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 If he doesn't, he thinks he's probably cheated the fan out of the price of admission. They come to see Mick Foley or Cactus Jack or Dude Love or Mankind put his body at risk. I don't I don't think that Mick Foley has Young Dave Meltzer again. He has um, a very clear idea of what he wants to be and how he wants to be remembered. Several times a year that I look at something and I say this is going to be dangerous and it could turn out real bad, but it's got to be done for the sake of history. Well I don't know if Mick enjoys the pain. But I don't think he hates it. I don't know what he does. Ask him now. He hates it. Ask him now. Once I'm done with, with uh, wrestling, uh, I'm certainly not going to miss the pain. Uh, I'll miss Man. the reaction to the Seeing pain. his wife I back then, too. Like, it's just see, crazy seeing how much transformation people make in a couple decades' time. Yeah. Dang, you don't you don't get stuff like that anymore. That Rugrat shirt Dewey is wearing is fire. That's fair. Don't buy it. But then I tell the kids, you know, Daddy rehearsed that four or five times. You know, Daddy was fine. You just want to set their little hearts at ease. You know, you think there's nothing wrong. They'll grow up quick enough. You know. Yeah, for sure. Believe their dad's all right. And then they'll try to do it themselves. And it's going to be. Wait, nipples. <laughs> huh? Every child needs a favorite word, right? Nipple. Nipple is her favorite word. Let's um, go. What's his finger in his nose? <laughs> I don't think it's the fans that, that uh, demand too much. I think it'd probably be I demand a lot more of myself. I don't want to be remembered as the as guy who pulled the sock out of his tights. That's an interesting take. Because, yeah, I don't demand any more from him than he gives. That's fair. I'm very sensitive. I've seen deterioration with speaking skills. I want to die an old man, you know, with all my mental, mental faculties. And your you student know, teacher faculties. Like <laughs> kind of masochist. Really, I feel like I'm taking my risks now. I'll have the ability to retire at 35 or 36. You know, people say things. Yeah. In the wrestling business, people say a lot of things. I feel like I do very well. And that don't happen. Not the fucking cell spot again. Nick was taking more and more risks. He assured me he knew what he was doing. Then I got this call. Cactus Jack from the ER. First time, Nick was incoherent and rambling. I was worried. 
Wow. So that's a phone call after the iconic Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, where he's just completely fucked off. I mean, I was watching that match back just a couple days ago uh, and revisiting it because I'm watching a Hell in a Cell DVD. Let's go. And he recalls on the ending of that match when they went to get him the second stretcher, asking them, like, have I been on the stretcher already? And then when they told him, yeah, he was like, oh, I can't be on a stretcher twice in one night. And that's when he got up and rolled out. Fuck <laughs> was concussed. Damn. Had his teeth in his big, nose. Ugh. Big falls during the match, and uh, wrestling fans, I guess, uh, unanimously praised the first one. I uh, was thrown off the cage. Probably the more spectacular of the two, but it's the wrestlers who appreciate the second one because they've been body slammed and backdropped on our WWF match, which doesn't have a whole lot of certainly that's where he fucked up fucked up that fucked his ass up no he's fine no he was not this is the one time where he was not fine started to break you could you could see it breaking yeah and when the undertaker chokeslammed it I knew for sure the cage was gonna break and there was no way there was no way out without getting hurt I thought he was dead usually thank god he wasn't yeah. He's all right. No need to worry. And in this case, I, I was paged. Uh, one of the agents had to tell me, call home. Your wife's really upset. And she was crying, you know, in tears and, and screaming at me, saying, you, you can't do this to us anymore. And I guess it was very traumatic for the kids. Um, Ouch. Since that point, my daughter does feel like I'm being hurt every time I go out there. And, and my daughter, and she loves her dad. I yeah, worry about it a lot. I have a lot of guilt about it. And that's one of the reasons we thought maybe maybe it's best if Dad, you know, did something else. What would be that something else? That's the problem. <laughs> Which wouldn't even really come around until his Hell in the Cell match against Triple H in No Way Out, uh, 99. Or 2000. Yeah. I think it was 99, just at the edge of 2000. But, yeah, he wouldn't consider or even go into retirement until then. And also a fun fact about this match, not a lot of people know is uh, the idea to start on top of the cell and the whole uh, play out of this match, I guess from like a producing standpoint, without being an actual producer, was Terry Funk's idea. Terry Funk came yeah, up with that the makes ideas sense. in this match. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You gotta hear it. At that point, he was sucked. I'm scared. And it's been like 20 years since. I'm scared. Yeah. While visiting Nick, I got the call I was waiting for. Did you or no? I was finally oh, able crap. to locate the whereabouts of the oh, one wrestler right. I always wanted to meet. Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> That's the perfect point to stop on because Jake the Snake Roberts is a whole other can of demons oh. to open and that's where we get to open yeah. up next. I didn't even plan for that to be the stopping point. He said that name and I said I don't have enough time to bring up Jake the Snake Roberts. That that one uh as opposed to when we did part 1, definitely not as exciting, a lot more just uh little details. The first one was exciting because yeah. we had the whole thing with Vince McMahon and the 
crooked trainer, which Ronaldo will come back in later, I'm sure. And don't forget draws. Oh my gosh. Well, that's the thing is I don't think it goes anything further with the puke thing. And we know how draws is played out after that. You probably won't see him in this film again, but I know Ronaldo's going to come back around at some point. Oh, Lord. Dude, I'd like to punch Ronaldo in the face. I'd like to punch myself in the face for mentioning, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't. I, I don't want to say I can't wait, but I know. I, I know about Jake the Jake Snake Stevens. Roberts. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Man, Let I'm excited. Lay off the stuff. I feel like. Again, I feel like this was nice getting all these details, but it was just too calm, and now we're about to jump back into the fucking storm. We're going to get the juicy shit that this DVD was meant and purposed for. All right. I don't know if this happens.